Welcome to God's Watchmen. Tonight we have another special guest. One thing I can tell you about him that drew me towards him was his love for the Word of God and how he loves to share the scriptures and the insight that he has as he spends time with Jesus is very encouraging. So tonight we'll, we are going to hear God's story through his life. So let's welcome Brian Shive. Hello. How you doing? Good. Good. Thank you for having me with you. Yeah. Thank you for... Uh, being able to come out tonight and to sit down and to be able to share your story that whatever God has. Yeah. Um, the uh, This is a special year for me. I was surprised when you asked me to uh, to join you. Yeah. And um, it's a special year for me because the Lord just reminded me that um, I've been with him now for 50 years. This is my 50-year anniversary of walking with Jesus. 50 years. Yeah. So I, I'm just rejoicing in that. And uh, the Lord brought to to my mind, many just uh, stories for me to be thankful for, um, how he's preserved and helped and aided me and in these years, yeah. I see he's preserved your life because I thought you were probably 52. (laughs) I'm 58. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Yeah. 50 um, years. Praise the Lord. 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a good journey. Um, he's been faithful, even though I haven't always been faithful, but, uh, the Lord is good always. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I uh, came to the Lord when I was about uh, eight years old. My grandfather almost died uh, or did die. It's during Hurricane Agnes. Many of you might remember that. And uh, that was when I remember the Lord really started working in my heart because my dad, uh, I saw him cry in a church service. I never saw my dad cry. Hmm. And so I, I thought to myself at eight years old, if God can make my dad cry, uh, he must be pretty big, pretty powerful. Wow. And uh, so that was the start of it. And uh, I got involved in church, uh, reading the Word, uh, Boys and Girls Fellowship. Um, I, I remember f- flannel graphs. Do you remember flannel graphs? You ever heard of such a thing? Young people probably don't know what they are, but that was... I, I have no idea Yeah, at I, all. The, they were felt... Uh, figures that they put up on uh, this flannel, and they would tell Bible stories by putting up pictures of oh. of people. Okay, and, and I yeah, I know what it is, but I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, I've seen it before. Um, and so as a young child, I guess I was a little like um, Calvin in Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, I uh, my mind was just triggered. Uh, my just creativity and mm-hmm. uh, the the stories came to life in my mind and and from that time I liked the Old Testament I just fell in love with it yeah uh, the prophets of Baal and the fire coming down from heaven and it was real to me uh, yeah awesome um, so uh, went to church boys and girls fellowship one night this uh, lady Mary Geiselman one of my um, teachers mm-hmm. she said you must never forget Jesus for a moment. Uh, and I was about fourth or fifth grade in that at that time. And uh, she said, because he never forgets you. Even while he was on the cross, he was thinking of you. And uh, from that time on, it became like a uh, uh, something that I really strove after, to never forget Jesus. So mm-hmm. when, I would, when I would find myself not thinking of him and start thinking of him again, I would, be, I would, I would consciously ask myself, how long has it been since I remembered him? And so from, from like fourth grade on, I've been kind of training myself that way. And so even today, if there's a conversation, like you're having a conversation with me, yeah, 
it's not just with me. There's this, always this three-way conversation going on because God's in there, and he, he's, he's like, you can't just talk with me. Yeah, he's yeah. He's part of it. Yeah. So growing up, did your dad help disciple you? No. Um, my family came from kind of a rough background. They went okay. to church. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was like four, mom and dad saying, we better start going to church. Brian's getting to be about that age. I was the oldest of my siblings. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so that's when we started going to church. Uh, my parents were never very strong Christian, um, but but they were faithful attenders in church. Yeah, and uh, I learned a lot in church from pastors and teachers more than I did from mom and dad. Really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it was a blessing. Uh, so today, uh, I consider myself a Berean. You ever heard of that? Be a Berean. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Bereans were uh, people that, that Paul went and uh, visited. And when he was teaching them, it says they went through the scriptures and they searched out to make sure that he everything he was telling them was the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so they tested everything, even the things that the Apostle Paul was saying. Yeah. yeah. When, when I look up words yeah. on the Blue Letter Bible, uh-huh. it's from the Berean Bible. Yeah. Um, but th- that's right. It would have been named after this okay. Berean people okay. in the book of Acts. And so uh, I'm pastor. Uh, one of my pastors said, Brian's not an okie dokie kind of guy. You know, I don't just uh, agree with everything that, that's said, no matter who's saying it. I just always go in through to the scriptures and trying to find, you know, is it in there? Yeah. And uh, I've, God's given me some skill about being able to find it and pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, I Yeah, God's good. A lot of the studies that I've been in that's with your comments and being able to speak up about the scriptures, that's what yeah. I I want to learn the word of God. So when I hear people that really speak up about their faith or the scriptures mm-hmm. and they speak about it, that's what really drew me to I want to pick this guy's brain. I want to yeah. be able to sit down and talk with him and really I want that relationship with Jesus too. Yeah. No, the the more you sit and you dine with Jesus and you eat with him, mm-hmm. that's where that's coming from. I want everybody to know Jesus. Yeah. There, there's nothing sweeter in this world than knowing Jesus, I'm telling you. Um, so uh, one of my other hobbies is I like writing Proverbs. I kind of write my own. And some of my Christian brothers, they get kind of down on me a little bit. It's like, why are you writing Proverbs? Isn't the Bible Proverbs good enough? I'm like, no, God didn't say everything that he absolutely wants to say. Um, There's so many things. So I have a proverb for you. Let me hear it. Uh, One person says, bees, bees, everywhere bees. And then the next person says, flowers, flowers, everywhere flowers. And it's just a matter of perspective. Um, the bees and the flowers, they go together. And that's the way mm. life is. Mm-hmm. You're going to get stung. Um, but along with the stings comes a lot of beauty. And uh, there's so much negativity in the world right now. I just really pray and hope that yeah. uh, the church can rise up and, and we can start being a light and sharing that hope. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is just proclaim Jesus, proclaim God, how mighty, wonderful, awesome, majestic, huge, beautiful, 
yeah. praiseworthy he is. And uh, you don't hear Christians talk that way um, so much. But you can't say enough good things about Jesus. You just can't. And that's what the world needs to hear, the, the wonderful things. Not preaching at them, just yeah. saying, he's lovely. Yeah, that reminds me of a scripture that I was reading today, Psalms 37, 23, and 24. And this is in the NLT. Yeah. People need to know God delights in them too. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like we delight in the Lord, but also he delights in us and he loves us dearly. And the more we can see that, the more it comes real in our hearts. And I was reading, you know, and I was, it says, uh, Psalms 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And he does. And then, though they stumble, Mm. they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Praise God. And I was like, God, you really love every detail about my life. Yeah. That you're right here holding my hand. When you call me to do something, you're holding my hand. Yeah. And I can get so worried and be like, he's not here. Mm. You know, believe in them lies. Yeah. And uh, that reminds me of uh, some. So so he is there. He is always mm-hmm. there. And, and and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just amazed by birds. I love watching birds. That's yeah. another one of my hobbies oh. and, and how they get those high pitches. And, and they sing and they sing and they sing. And house wrens is one of my favorites. Uh, and you think they're out there in 98 degree weather singing constantly. Why don't those little guys have a heart attack, you know, or yeah. overheat? And then uh, we just amaze and they don't know what they're doing, but they bring glory to God just because they're being what they were meant to be. Yeah. And I think you and me and uh, our brothers and sisters are the same way. We, we don't even know. I think the angels look at us sometimes like we would look at that bird and they go, wow. Wow. Amazing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. What? What's your favorite bird? And <laughs> what do you like about that bird that makes it so beautiful that, that God made yeah. it? Because I'll, I'll tell you something that I like in the nature. My my. It's the songs, really, that I love. So the okay. most beautiful bird is a cardinal, I think. It's, okay. it's one of the most beautiful. Or painted buntings. And I like them because they're in the United States. Uh, but, I don't even uh, know what it looks like. There's oh. prettier birds overseas. but um, And then uh, the songbird is a wood thrush. Okay. And I wish I could do it for you, but they just have a beautiful song. And you'll recognize it if you, if you hear it. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, when you brought up seeing the beauty in God's creation. It, every fall I go salmon fishing in Pulaski, New York. Wow. So I used to go before being a believer. Didn't really think about it, but I went for the first time as a believer. I was like, wow, God's creation. Mm-hmm. These salmon, four years prior, were born in this river, and they come out of the lake so, like, every four years, when they're born in the river, they go back down 
down the river into Lake Ontario. Four years later, they run back up the rivers to breed. And I'm like, how's that even possible? How's that wired in this little baby salmon that when it hatches or that it knows to swim downriver into the lake and then live there for four years to go up and breed. It's it's mind-boggling. You, yeah, I you, still can't grasp it at you, all. You have what I've come to in the last few months called wowness. Wowness. And, uh, and it's a great evangelistic tool. Wowness. 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 And I think Caleb, the church needs to Caleb, you say wowness? Wowness. <laughs> I it, I think that if people had wowness, you yeah. know, you just it's everywhere if you just look at like the salmon like you're saying. Yeah. And I had wowness hit me about speech. Now think about us talking here. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how many muscles are in the mouth and how small they are and how many and mm. and the lungs and the vocal cords and and the brain trying to coordinate it all? Yeah. It is just miraculous that we can even talk like this. Yeah. That's wowness. Um, <laughs> it is, it is wowness. God filled the whole world with wowness. And if we just had that attitude, it's like, wow, yeah. I love that. It, it still blows my mind that I can take this phone, mm-hmm. this smartphone and call your number. Yeah. And it's just a piece of technology. Like I, I mean, plastic, some glass, some batteries. How does... I can't see the waves in the air or even this microphone right now. Yeah. Caleb likes this stuff, so, I mean... The technology, yeah. The the sound waves. Yeah. He'll... Audio. I, I love audio, and, and I agree. When you, when you take anything in creation and you break it down and down and down and down, even the simplest thing is super, super complex. Like, we don't, we don't even think about it day to day. We don't even appreciate it. I love... I love older gentlemen that, like you said, have that uh, that wowness, that just appreciation mm-hmm. um, for God's creation. And uh, there's a psalm, I forget what it is, but it's something like it's the joy of the king to discover some um, yeah. the magnificence of creation or something like that, um, that we just get to enjoy everything he made and how, I don't know, when you take the time to just sit back and really ponder how... Uh, stuff works. I love. I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Psalms nineteen, the first four verses. I'm gonna read it. Go for it. it, bro. It says, "The heavens proclaim the glory of God; the skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world." Yeah, the heavens, the expanse, I love those verses. I just, we can't get enough of them, really. Yeah. Yeah. Space is really what kept me really open to God my entire life. I loved space. I loved stars. I loved planets. And throughout high school, I loved science. And when I got into biology and was being taught um, evolution and Darwinism, my Biology teacher, he was a Christian, and he would tell us, I don't believe in this, but I have to teach it. Yeah. And it always had me, like, scratching my head, and I really didn't. Some of it was, like, to me as a 15-year-old boy, oh, that's kind of neat. That fish turned into that. Like, But, like, it was too far-fetched for me. Uh-huh. 
And then space, like when you got into physics and stuff later, I'm like, man, the Big Bang. I was always what created the Big Bang. We're not, it was not coincidence that this bang happened and everything so perfectly made. That was, to me, that doesn't make sense. How can something so random be yet so perfect? Exactly. And I, I share your passion for science, too, because I, I went for engineering. And so uh, the Big Bang started from what they call singularity. Yeah. A singularity has no time, no space, no power, no energy. It is a nothing. If, yeah. you, if you look up what a singularity is. So all of the universe came from a nothing. And isn't it neat that they have the thing called the God particle? Yeah. What, what holds everything together. The Boson-Higgs particle, the, yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, and yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Louis Giglio or is that? Yep, I heard the name. that's his name. Yep. Is that what his name is? Yep. I'd have to send you a video, how great is our, or how great is our God or something. Yeah. It's a teaching. He talks about the planets and these different stars that are huge. Yeah. And I was like. Wow, that, that's a dude that knows that. how to how to boast yeah. about our God. Yeah, yeah, in His creation, I found the the uh, the Bible verse. It's actually in Proverbs. It's Proverbs twenty five two. It is God's privilege to conceal things, and mm. the King's privilege to discover them. So there's things that are hidden in creation that we just don't understand. And and uh, our pastor Tom will bring up the point about um, aerodynamics and flight. Mm-hmm. That always existed. Right. It just took us so long to figure out these laws, but that was always there. Yeah, God's laws. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's the uh, the great mathematician, if you think about it. He invented math, and everything's ruled by math. And uh, so I put something on my Facebook, uh, which I, I post to that a lot. Mm-hmm. I just wrote, uh, I nominate God for the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> in all categories. Yeah. All categories. As he should. As he should be. Yeah. Yeah. And people that are getting them awards should be, praise the Lord, because I wouldn't have got this without God giving me the insight and the knowledge to do so. Amen. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you got a question for me? I was going to... That's a that's a great question. Yeah. I don't Isn't think it? anybody has ever asked that on this podcast. Yeah, really? You have a no. No, nobody. Look, Austin's turning red. If you could only see him now, it's wonderful. Because yeah, it was yeah. going so smoothly, and then <laughs> is that a tomato? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't really looking at questions because no. it was just going. But um, yeah, we can go like how because uh, you talked about that you were a, an engineer. Yeah. How did God lead you into that career, or how did God get you through college? Like, yeah, how was that like spending all that time to? Be, I mean, I'm to be an engineer, you had to spend time studying, yeah, and just kind of explain your journey, maybe through college and the studying, and how you relied on the Lord to really get you to where you're at in your career. Yeah, I, I, I went there because of uh, my passion for Jesus. So in high school, 
uh, I had three, uh, two other friends, Ian and Stephen were their names, okay. and we were the three amigos. We challenged each other to memorize scripture, to evangelize in our high school. We were like the the three guys, uh, did sports together, and um, my passion for Christ, I remember walking through the high school and just listening to the Lord, and he, and he had me intentionally look in the eyes of everybody that was going past me in the hallway. Okay. And my question was, are they going to hell? 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 And I had that passion in high school to, to just share the gospel. And, um, and then, uh, from that, I decided that I wanted to be a missionary. Um, and, and I tried to uh, in my zeal for Christ, I, I tried to pick the worst place that I could possibly go. Um, <laughs> to be extremist, right? Yes, that's right. Um, young and, uh, yeah, so zealous. I So I decided I was going to be a missionary to Russia. But the only way to get into Russia at that time, because it was closed and it was a communist country and whatever, was to be an engineer. So that's how, that's how I went into engineering. Oh, you had to be an engineer at that time to get into Russia? You had to be a professional. You could not go in as a missionary. You had to... Go in as a professional. Here's that wildness. Yeah. <laughs> that's neat. Yeah. You wanted to be an engineer just so you could get into Russia to be a missionary. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's awesome. That Well, that was the intention. I wasn't as disciplined as maybe I could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wound up going uh, to Messiah College and they had an engineering program with Temple University. As I was in there, I got through three years of engineering and I found I love the Bible a whole lot more. Mm. So I switched degrees and wound up being on the five-year college plan. <laughs> um, but my passion uh, for Scripture, it just superseded everything. And then years after I graduated, actually, you know, there was Glasnost and mm-hmm. uh, Gorbachev and the communist bloc fell. Um, so I wouldn't have needed to do that anyway. But God knows more than, than we know. Yeah. He's the smartest guy I know. Yeah, so fast forward many, many years later, yeah. you're a process engineer. How does God use you at your job now? <clears throat> well, it's, it's amazing how I came to this position. Um, I was a sales uh, for many years. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be a salesperson. The first person uh, that recruited me to do that, I said, I don't want to sell people anything, and I don't want to convince them of this and that, and I'm uncomfortable around people. And I am. I'm really an introvert. Most people wouldn't get that about me. However, unless you're talking about Jesus, unless you're talking about Jesus, yeah. th- and and that's true. Um, so uh, he said, but nobody else can tell that you're nervous. Hmm. Nobody else can tell. And so he kind of pulled me out of my shell that way to to go into sales, and I was better for it. God used it to to build me. Um, so then I wound up being a VP of a company. And I started there two weeks before COVID hit, and they started shutting things down. Mm. And it was a cleaning company. And so everybody wanted cleaning because it was COVID, right, for disinfection and whatever. But even the employees were like, I don't want to go clean because I might get COVID and die. So high demand for the work and no workers. And I had three emergency surgeries in eight days while I was there. I came down with COVID myself. Wow. My wife's father died. Um, I had two of our key managers resign. When I started the business, uh, in the business, the only manager they had quit 
two weeks before I was supposed to start. So I quickly jumped in and pulled that person back in. Yeah. And so just the whole two years was just like slam, slam, slam. It was mm-hmm. really, really difficult. Um, and uh, I, be- I, I became my worst me, to be honest. Uh, I just um, sank. I got stressed. I got tired. I got irritable. I got grumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you, you saints out there, you don't always have to be flying high on Jesus. Life gets really hard sometimes, and that's why God calls it a test. If 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 you're if it's easy, it's not a test. Yeah, like like you yeah. said, the flowers and the bees. Yeah, the bees thing. Yeah. So through that, I wound up uh, going to a Sunday school class here at Calvary Chapel, mm-hmm. and my Sunday school teacher is Rick Yon, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and he started talking to me about his work and what was going on there, and I just happened to with my experience seamlessly fit into what they needed. Yeah. Um, And uh, I wound up with a position at Plain and Fancy uh, Custom Cabinetry. And there, through all this, I've learned that that God is number one. He's got to stay the focus. I've I've learned how to keep myself more emotionally and mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the process, uh, how to keep God number one and not let it become about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that, now uh, I, I spend a lot of time just praying and listening to God. That's what my ministry looks like. I, I, I don't have any plans. It's terrible. I have, I have no goals, no ambitions. And I think that's the way God wants me. He, yeah. he wants me to just focus on him, and whatever comes my way, whenever it comes, I, you know, if he lets me help a little bit, I help. Yeah. And uh, so that's happening at my workplace. So uh, praying with people, um, you got to be careful in the workplace doing that, you know, when and who and how, Um, Mm -hmm. ministering. um, And I think we're going to be starting a prayer group. I'm going to, I got permission to meet off site with a few of the leaders there. Um, And it's a little back room somewhere off site. And it's just six of us going to meet and pray weekly, every week. That's powerful. Yeah, it's it's a little thing, but I'm expecting God can yeah. do what He wants. Yeah, yeah. That's prayer's been. <clears throat> I've been uh, a lot of people around me. Uh, Bill, he's been prayer, prayer, prayer. He'll call and we'll pray. We'll call. We'll pray. We'll meet up. We'll pray. Seventy three years old. Well, I don't know why he wants to hang out with a 29-year-old, but... I can figure it out. It's And I <laughs> and I, I praise the Lord for that because this yeah. man, he sits down and he wants to pray, pray, pray. And it's encouraging because it helps me yeah. to pray in them times where it seems the hardest. Yeah. And, and prayer is a beautiful thing. And, and we men, at least I'm this way, when we get yeah. together, we want to talk more or we want to do a Bible study. Prayer is there's, there's a little awkwardness to that at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an intimacy to it that maybe mm-hmm. we're uncomfortable with. Um, but if you pray, just have no conversation, don't, don't talk at all, and just yeah. pray. You hear each other's hearts. And you can come to a consensus and an agreement on things without ever having to talk about it. Yeah. I, I Those are the best ones. Yeah. 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 You come to a 
prayer circle and you start talking for the first 15 minutes and then you start praying and I'm in my head like, man, this sounds so redundant, Mm -hmm. redundant. And then that's me Mm -hmm. in my flesh. And then I'm like already checked out of this prayer meeting, you know, I was like, we just talked about this stuff, but we didn't pray about it. Now it's like redundant in my mind. (laughs) That's something I've struggled with many years in prayer. So I've learned that posture is something in in the place Mm -hmm. can really help me to not be redundant. And um, my relationship with Jesus, I wrote down here, is is, I would describe it as poetic. Okay. It's it's, uh, creative. Uh, He he. He, I learn with vision or imagination yeah, or vision. visual, visual learner. Yep. Um, it's a romance, my relationship with Jesus Christ, which I feel really weird saying that as a man, you know. <laughs> but uh, in a sense, I'm jealous of the ladies because they can say that and have a, be- a different relationship than yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, go ahead. But, you know, Jesus is that wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And I like in the Proverbs, wisdom is referenced as a she. Yeah, yeah. So like for all them women out there that think God is against women or belittles women, Jesus is wisdom and wisdom himself. But it's referenced in certain scriptures in Proverbs as your sister, she. And it's so beautiful. We can't even wrap that around our minds. Mm -hmm. But that, that was hitting me the other day like, Man, he's talking wisdom as she, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah, yeah. God, um, I had a professor who said he used to think of God sometimes as a, as a woman, but uh, creative. I don't know if I've ever done that. I I I tend to think of him as father. Uh, yep, father. I want, father. I want to know him as my father. Yeah. I want to know him as my friend. Yeah. I want to know him as my brother. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He he there are so many titles that he that that he deserves and so much honor. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, do I expand on you were talking about um like through those two years through COVID and everything and mm-hmm. um all the doors that shut, everything that went on. You said that you kinda changed um the way you think and take care of yourself emotionally. What did you mean by that? Expand on that. Well, um <clears throat> I practiced uh, really trying to see the beauty in things, and um, I don't, uh, so uh, trying, I would obsess about negative things. Yeah, yeah. And so in Philippians, it's whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy and good. Did you just say you would obsess over negative things? Yes, I did. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I would obsess over negative things. So I realized I had a problem. So I, I went to a counselor, I went to a pastor, I went to my friends. I went to God and spent a lot of time by myself um, and went through this, uh, this help program on, um, on my phone um, and through it all um, to get off the negative thinking, what I would have to do is I, I taught myself to focus on something so intently that that's all that existed to me, whatever it was I was focusing on. And that would push the negative things out mm. and allow me to come back to positive things yeah. is, is what happened. And the best thing to focus on is the scripture, the word of God, uh, always. If, if, 
And uh, so if you have your Bible, you know, not even the words, if you can just look at the, the letters on it and really focus on the shape of the letters and whatever, you know, that, that's a good start. You might need to start there before you can get to the Word of God and actually reading it. Um, hey, the, every letter, every space, every period, every comma, every apostrophe. They're is, all valuable, yes. Yeah. And and so uh, it, it's just uh, amazing how, how God helped me. So, you know, I, I've taken some medicine from uh, counseling, you know, to help me get my head on straight. Um, and... One of my uh, Christian brothers kind of challenged me, well, you don't need that stuff because you got the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, hey, I'm not at my best, and I want to be at my best for Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use every tool that I have available to get my head in the right space because I was not at that time a blessing to my wife, my family, my mm-hmm. friends. I was yeah. not right. I needed help. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I personally want to talk more outside of here on the obsessing over negative things yeah because it's something i struggle with it, it, to me it's a you know insecurities are pride but like negative things of i always look at the worst case scenarios yeah i'm already planning out oh well I've, i was called to do this but i'm already like well it ain't gonna pan out uh and I focus on the negative things too much that I cause worry, mm-hmm. then anxiety comes, then I have panic, and then it's like, um, <laughs> but it, like you said, I go yeah. back to the Word of God and I yeah. I read it, but there are just some things that are just engraved that I just yeah. obsess over negative things. Wowness that we talked about earlier is mm-hmm. one of the things that came out of that that really helps me. Okay. So the other is um, proclaiming the greatness of God. Um, he's crazy. Uh, oh. um, so we were taught from little up. You you guys probably heard this too. When you when you pray, the first thing that you do is you address God and you give Him praise, mm-hmm. right? And then you 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 do all of that before you get into the requests. Yeah. Right. Um, but we spend so little time on that praising part. It's let's praise a little bit and let's get to me. Yeah, let's get to the request, right? Yeah. That's what that's what prayer is. It's request, but it's it's not. Um, it's abiding with God. So let me just share a little bit. Yeah. Just I'm just gonna go here. Uh, praising God. Mm-hmm. God is wonderful. He's awesome. He's majestic. He's beautiful. His splendor is beyond countenance. You cannot imagine how he, he the, the thrones are his tent and he throws them out as a canopy and he dwells on them. And the galaxies, the round disks are like stepping stones for him to skip across space wow. and time. Yeah. And he is uh, majestic and the God of glory and the God of the Prince of Peace, the Lord Almighty, the Ancient of Days, the Wonderful One, the hope of the nations, the hope of Israel, the hope of all men. Um, He's the Savior of our soul, the Redeemer, the Savior, the Lover of our soul. You just can go on and on and never run out. He's He's the great rancher. Nobody ever says that. But if the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him, he's the great rancher. Yeah, he he's everything. He is everything. It, I say that makes him the best cowboy too. It is yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking about prayer and praising lately, I 
I like to always sing songs to myself. I used to grow up singing songs to myself. Praise God. Um, but in prayer, sometimes I sing my prayers when I'm alone mm. in, in like a soft tune or how I think it sounds good in my ears, right? And uh, it's more like when I'm praising them or sometimes it's just when I'm praying. Like That's beautiful. Praying uh, for other people. It's easier if I'm singing in a tune versus sitting here and I'm, yeah, Lord, uh, I pray for these people here. I pray for blessings. Mm-hmm. But it's different when I actually sing or, you know. I don't That's know. your way into the throne room of God. And it's a beautiful way. And everybody's got their own way of getting into the presence of God. Well, as a kid, I would sing to myself every time I was hurt oh. or going through something or I was in my mind, I would sing things that made me feel better. Oh. And I believe then God was giving me a tool to say, hey, you don't know who you're singing to right now. Yeah. But you're really, I'm, I'm here watching you and I'm going to use this one day. Yeah. This is why I... I did this when you're in distress I would sing for hours to myself like even at work let me say a quick prayer for you go for it dear Lord Jesus thank you for Austin that he's got that singing heart it is so wonderful and it's so beautiful Um, that's his way to reach out to you and to touch you and to be in love with you and thank you that you've given them that gift and and I believe Lord that uh, you got even more for him there. I, I think there's there's more happening inside there than even he's aware of. And so bring that out, Lord, and uh, let him just sing his heart out for you. Um, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love singing. That's my way into the throne room of God. Yeah. I, it, I can start singing anytime. But but praying, just starting praying, I, I can't. Yeah. Just reading the word, I can't necessarily just start that anytime. But singing, I can't. I'll do it. I'll walk, be walking down the street, yeah, and be doing it. But if I catch somebody like by it, like cuts it, it kills it. And I'm like, oh man! You know, I used to sing in the sh- uh, shower, praising the Lord. I uh-huh. mean, I would uh, when we were in the school ministry house, I would play the music loud, and I'd be singing. And there was times that I thought nobody was home. Yeah, but because I'm singing so loud, you can't hear the doors opening and shut. And Bob's like, "I could hear you screaming <laughs> on the top of your lungs." I was like, "I didn't think nobody was home." I mean, screaming, "Jesus!" Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You want to get super deep for a second? Sure. I remember when I was younger playing with this little car garage that I had in my room, right? Uh huh. And do you remember when you were a kid and you could just play with something? And just be so fascinating, just so fascinated with it that you would forget about like everything else. Yeah. Being your own little world. You talk, you talk to yourself, you sing to yourself, you play with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one day I remember I was in my room and I heard um, somebody else walking by or talking or something. And I dropped it and I like sat up because mm. I knew that someone was like listening then. Mm-hmm. And, but there, there became a point where, you know, I, I would assume that's the fear of man. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Fear of being judged by others. Yeah. And then the other part was, is that I remember there was a point where I lost, I would start to lose that fascination oh. with the car, you know, to, and 
imagine trying to get back to that. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Like I just had that that car in that car garage, and I had my stories, and I was just there, just enjoying myself. And I just remember, like I don't know that day, of you know hearing somebody else and stopping, like it all just stopped because of the fear, right? Oh, yeah. Jesus loves the the children, and unless you have faith like one of these little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so just one of the things that, that is there's a curse of adulthood is self-awareness and mm-hmm. that other people are watching you. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the beauties of being a child. Um, you're not aware. You don't have that, that sense that you're going to be judged. Um, and there's a freedom that comes in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think in Jesus Christ there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We we need to learn again how to have that childlike attitude where there is no fear of judgment because if you're in Christ there is no fear of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. I I pray and I that the Lord doesn't take my 5-year-old excitement yeah away and it just continues. Because when God reveals truth through his scripture, through the spirit, yeah, I rejoice, I praise him, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want to find more, I want yeah. to search the scriptures for more. Yeah. And that's really what keeps me going because being lied to my entire life from the world, from friends, you know, from school, you know, whatever the case may be, the world, the yes. world. Yeah. I'm not saying like school's bad. I was the the lies that the enemy can use through these things, the world, mm-hmm. and then your flesh runs with the world's ideas. And to know that I was lied to for all these years, and I believed them, that I can't stand lies. I hate lies. Yeah, I don't ever want to lie. Mm-hmm. Tell and the truth. Yeah, and my biggest thing as a kid throughout up until now, you know when somebody would get frustrated and and you'd be like, they're lying, they're getting angry and frustrated. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people were lying maybe. But when I would tell the truth and I would get in trouble or or whatever, just nobody would believe me. Mm -hmm. I'd get angry. And angry, mm. and angry, and they're like, "You must be lying because you're getting angry." And it's like, "No, I'm telling you the truth." And God was like, "I allowed all that to happen, yeah, because now in Christ, you're going to stand on my name, and you're not going to allow, and you 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 understand what I'm saying? Like, you're just going to continue to." Jesus is truth. Yeah. And you can't tell me any otherwise. I don't need to get frustrated, angry, or what. Yeah. But I've been through a whole bunch of arguments of trying to, and not being believed that, not Jesus is the truth. And yeah. Yeah. He's big. He's got your back. Yeah. And uh, there's a confidence that comes from that realization. Yeah. Um, I was talking with somebody in a prayer group about voices. Um, Voices of the past. I was getting ready to ask yeah. you. It, it, it just kind of fell right in there. Yeah. Um, everybody's got voices from their past. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this gentleman in the prayer group, he said very wisely, accurately, he said, and those are the loudest voices. They're they're, they're real. They were tangible. You heard them with your own ears. The voices that that Satan uses to beat us with. And um, there's a new voice, though, in so many people. They need that new voice. Mm -hmm. There's so much hurt in, in so many people's past and all of our pasts voices that that just destroy us and beat yeah. us down but jesus gives you a new voice and, and it's not even like voices of what people have said to them it's just them voices you're a failure mm-hmm. you suck you're worthless you're never going to amount to anything you always lose oh you're always yeah. mean you're a jerk and all these things nobody directly would to, yeah. we're not pinpointing any person it's right. just we don't it's coming from voices i have that voice too and my the biggest voice that attacks me is that it's saying you're not enough you got to be more and yeah. uh creates a sense of uh discontent mm-hmm. and uh sadness and anger and frustration and um and uh, so that's part of my my walk i gotta leave that voice mm-hmm. behind mine mine is <clears throat> i'm always wrong Mm. no matter what I do like I second guess because there's that voice saying even though you know you did it right Mm -hmm. you're still wrong you've been right on today so far brother in 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 our conversation it's just been a blessing yeah yeah it really has so we got a few minutes and I would like to you know just end it with you said you love gardening I do and I want to hear your story about gardening and the lessons you've learned from gardening. Um, yeah, I can talk about uh, roots a little bit. That's the part nobody ever really pays attention to or thinks about. Okay. Um, and this would be for those of you who are dating out there. There's some value in, in this. Um, people who have left churches and gone to other churches. Roots are foundational. They, they're, they're what give you that staying power for the plant. That when the the floods and the the storm comes, they don't the plants don't just wash away, because the roots are there. And uh, so many times in our marriage or in our church, we get this satisfied and we just uproot and move somewhere else. Now, when you pull a plant out and you uproot it and put it plant it somewhere else, is it stable in that new place yet? No. Not at all. The roots have been damaged. They're destroyed. They're they're really not strong. And it just makes it that much easier to uproot and go to the next place Mm. and then the next place. Mm -hmm. And your roots never take hold and you never really get a foundation. So uh, be be cautious if you're you're just moving from one marriage to another, one relationship to another, one church to another. Because every time you uproot and move, it just, your roots aren't as strong in the next place. Someone told me, blossom where you're planted. Blossom where you're planted. Another thing I'd share about roots is when uh, you have a relationship that's destroyed and it's pulled up, the soil of your heart, when you pull out a plant, it's Mm -hmm. disturbed. The soil is disturbed. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, that soil has just been tilled and turned over. Yeah. So so when you, you lose a relationship and you have a hurt and a grief... Your heart's soil has been tilled 
and it is primed and ready to go for something else to take root and grow in there because hmm. the soil's loosened up. Now, you're going to hang out at the bar and comfort yourself while your heart is tilled, and then something else will sow in there that's not good for you? Hmm. Or are you going to go hang out someplace where there's good good seeds around that a good seed will take root inside your heart? So when your heart's disturbed and, and you have something pulled out of it, you don't want to be hanging out where the bad seeds are because they'll take root and they'll replace what was just yeah. pulled out and it'll get even worse. Yeah. Hang out where there's good seeds. God's great is always on time mm-hmm. because Monday night I just taught the sower. Oh, wow. And the soils. Yeah. Parable yeah. of the sower yeah. and the soils. And about nobody likes being weeded. Mm-hmm. And when you just brought it to to more life about when I used to think that the hurt in my heart was maybe an offense. Mm-hmm. But now the way you just said it was God's plucked that root out. Pulled, pulled that weed out. By the roots, which is the best by, way to get it. By the roots. Yep. And am I going to allow, am I going to run to Jesus for it healed? Or am I still, or am I going to go heal it again how I used to? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this lesson yeah. and apply it that when the deep hurt in my heart isn't necessarily the offense, yeah. it could be Jesus plucked that root. Yeah. And he wants me to heal it versus it just being a f- an offense. Yeah. And yeah. how that how that idea came to my mind, there was a young lady who had a caustic relationship with a young man mm-hmm. and he was pulled out of her life. And then she started hanging out with other caustic people. Yeah. And as a Christian, you watch things like that go on, and I just get so frustrated and angry, and I'm praying, and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, there's a train wreck coming, and um, sure enough, the next bad dude took root mm. in her heart, and uh, she was back in the same place again. Wow. Praise the Lord, we're all here today. Praise God. Yeah. And that he's so merciful, so graceful. Yeah. Have anything to add, Caleb? Is there something uh, in your time of uh, studying and enjoying the Bible that you think uh, think people miss out on, that they just like overlook? Is there anything recently that's been popping out to you in that way? Just on the way over as I'm praying about this this podcast. um, Yeah. It's funny. I, I I don't read a lot of books. I don't listen to sermons. I'm such a bad Christian undisciplined that way. I go Uh-oh. to the Word. I read the Word of God more than I read any other. Everything else combined, I read the Word of God mm-hmm. more. Um, so I come up with these unusual things, and I try to keep the the uh, the teaching fresh that way. Yeah. yeah like, Not say what everybody else has already said before, but saying it in a new way. So here's one of the things that, that came up. So... Um, God is so great and I become so small when I remember how great he is. And this goes back to me saying how 
you know, the praising and, and reminding yourself mm-hmm. how huge he is. Yeah. When he becomes huge, my sin becomes small. My pride becomes small. I become small. My problems become small. This world becomes small. My wealth becomes small. And that's a great perspective. And I was thinking about Jesus Christ, and I was like, it just occurred to me on the way over here tonight, he had to have that same feeling. Now, you think about it. I've never heard a pastor teach on this before. Jesus emptied himself, it says in Philippians 4, 7, I think it is, of everything mm-hmm. and became a servant. So here's Jesus Christ, who was eternally existent with God in heaven, emptied himself of everything, came to this. Do you think he felt small? And nobody ever, I never heard anybody ask that question. Hmm. I would imagine Jesus felt very small. And then, then I, God brought to my attention Philippians 4, 7. And then I'm thinking about it. I don't do anything except what I see the Father do. I don't say anything except what I see the Father hear him say. It, it became all about the Father because Jesus, I think he felt so small and minimalized from giving up his glory that it became all about God the Father, mm-hmm. and it was for him. Because from his perspective, it's like now God, my dad, he has all the power. Yeah. He, he has all the know-how, all the power, and he takes care of it all. I just need to listen to him. Yeah, that's powerful. I See, I like... I, th- I think Brian needs to pray us out tonight. Yeah, I, I love I love the insight God gives you. I mean, but that comes from what Brian dining and feasting with the Lord a lot, a lot of time alone with Him, really. Yeah. And it's my favorite place. Amen. Yeah. Would you like to pray us out? Sure. All right. Father in heaven, we thank you, thank you, praise you, honor you. You are the great God the lover of our soul, Mm -hmm. beyond time and space. We thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that though you're so great and so majestic and so wonderful and glorious, and we are small in every way except in your eyes. Mm -hmm. That humbles us that you would have thought of us and cherish us and love us so much. Um, help us, Lord, in our weakness. It's one of my favorite requests of you. Help us in our weakness, because we are weak, but you are strong. Mm-hmm. You are strong. And we place all of our hope and our confidence in you as where it should be. Mm-hmm. You are the only one, the only hope, the only one worthy of our faith. We thank you mm-hmm. and praise you for this time and for this church and for Austin and for Caleb, Lord, and anybody listening here uh, to the podcast, Lord. Just bless them and fill them with your spirit, yes, Lord, Lord Jesus. We need you so desperately, and you're faithful. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in, and remember, Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. God bless.